Good morning, Next Level Church. How y'all doing? Come on now. Yes, the joy of the Lord is in the house, and I'm always happy to be here with you. So next week is our Christmas experience. This is the perfect time for you to invite somebody to church for the first time. There are some people that only go to church for Easter and Christmas. This is the perfect time. So make sure to invite them. And thank you, worship team, for that beautiful worship. Can we give them a big hand? Yes. Thank you so much. Man, I wish we could have gone a bit longer. Maybe we'll do a little bit more extra at the end. Uh, I really felt the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something really special. And we want to welcome you, everybody that is here in person, and uh, everybody tuning in online from across the world. You belong here, and thank you for being part of the family. Whatever happens here in person is also just as much as for you, those of you tuning in online. So welcome home. Well, I'm happy and sad today because uh, I've been, uh, because Christmas is next week. I got to wrap up the series called Revive Me today. But I'm going to secretly continue in the new year. We're going to talk about eternity. We're going to talk about life after death. We're going to talk about uh, things along the same theme because a life of revival is what God has called us to live ongoing. Amen? Not just during the series, but life of revival. God wants us to put that log in the fire continuously. So I'm going to wrap it up officially today, but then I'll sneak it in. As we begin the new year, today's message is going to be a little bit, a little bit, uh, kind of like a Bible study, and uh, so the 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 feel and the flavor and the jokes will be different, but I believe this is important. What the Lord wants to say today. So today's message title is "End Time Revival." Everybody say "End Time Revival." All right, let's pray together. Before I pray, I want you to. Do something to show the Lord that you want to hear from Him. Maybe you can open your hand. I'm opening my hand because I want to receive something from the Lord today. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, speak to us. We are expecting to hear something from you. God, we thank you for the tangible presence that we felt during worship. Father, we pray right now, Jesus, that you would make your word come alive. Come and transform us. Revive us. Help us to be aware of the times that we're living in. It is the end times. Help us to step in and keep going into the revival that you have for us. That radical revival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are into conspiracies, conspiracy theories, and you're always looking up YouTube videos trying to figure out, you know, what is this, what is this? And you I find conspiracies and conspiracy theories pretty uh, entertaining, but we got to be careful because if we go too much into the conspiracies, it can lead us in the wrong direction. It can lead us into a trap. It can bring fear. A lot of people spend a lot of time with investigating conspiracy theories and the end result is fear. They have fear to do anything because of all the conspiracy theories and all the information that may or may not be accurate what they've discovered online by trustworthy unknown people. 
The fact is, Jesus is returning. It's not a conspiracy. Jesus is returning. There is a second coming when he is physically coming into the earth. The fact is, time is limited. And so we need to prepare for the king's return. Today I'm going to be mainly in Matthew 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that or your app. We will have the scripture up as well. We're going to be mainly in Matthew 24. And here Jesus is talking about end time revival. And it is going to take place, a special revival is going to take place just before he returns. And it's going to be an amazing, awesome revival and a final harvest. So let me break it down for you. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a Bible study. Matthew 24, verse 3b onwards. And I love it when you read it with me. So let's start reading together. His disciples came to join him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? So about the end times. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threat of wars, but don't panic. What did Jesus say? Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. When will the end follow? Not, not immediately. Verse 7, nations will go to war against nations. Is that happening? Yes, it is. Kingdom against kingdom. Is that happening? It is. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. And all this is the, all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Verse 9, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray me and hate eat each other. Here, Jesus is talking about Christians turning away from the faith, turning away from Jesus even. And they will hate each other. This is a, a sobering message Jesus is giving. Some will turn away from the true biblical faith. They will fall into deception. They will fall into ungodly teachings. And over time, will start going with the flow. They will start following worldly cultures. The reason why many Christians turn away from the true faith that we learn in the Bible is because they're not rooted and planted in the Word of God. They're not rooted in prayer. They're not rooted in giving and being part of a local church. And so today, it's not a, I'm not here to give you a bad or fear or, or, or a bad message, but I'm here to give a wake-up call that the time is at hand. And the first scripture we read when we started this series is, Wake up, O sleeper, arise. Christ will give you light. The light of Christ will shine on you. And so as the pastor of this house and as your brother, sister, or, or, or a father figure to you, I want to gently warn you that you don't have forever to make a decision to follow Christ. You don't have forever on this earth. And if you are a Christian who does not pray, if you're a Christian that does not study the Word of God daily, if you are not involved in the local church, if you're not rooted with a community of strong believers, which the Bible commands us to be part of, you are at risk of falling into deception. There are strange beliefs and strange fire even in churches that claim to be Christian churches or even Christians that claim to be following Jesus. There are strange things happening. So if you don't know the Word of God for yourself, it's easy to get deceived. 
we must be prepared. We will not be able to identify deception unless we know the Word of God. Because the Word of God is a lamp to guide our feet. The Word of God is a light to our path. And if we have the light, then we can shine it in dark places. If we have the light, we can expose the deception of the enemy. Verse 11. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. So twisted versions of Christianity, false religion, all that stuff will be happening in the last days. Anything that puts Jesus aside, anything that reduces the importance of Jesus is a false religion, is a, is a twisted version of Christianity. Verse 12, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold and the one who endures to the end will be saved. There's so much darkness in this world and even Christians are just going along with the flow and making excuses to stay in some of those sins. And they say things like, I'm doing it for the culture. Do it for the culture. I won't normally do it, but I'll do it for the culture. And the world calls good evil and evil good. So if we're not strong in the Word of God, we'll be tossed this way and that way by different doctrines and different opinions. Write this down. Be alert, not alarmed. Don't be afraid. You can be secure because we are on the winning team. Jesus never fails. He's never been defeated. So we're on the winning team. We are victorious. We are building God's church and the gates of hell cannot prevail it. The gospel is spreading. The kingdom of God is advancing. There's radical revival that God has already brought us into. Amen. It's already happening. But we got to stay alert. We got to stay focused. We, we got to be careful not to be deceived. We got to guard our hearts. And when we talk about revival in the last days, it is to motivate us, to prepare us for Jesus' return. It's not a fairy tale. It's not some imagination. Jesus is returning for his bride. And we are the bride of Christ. And the Bible lists a bunch of things that is already happening. Wars, famines, earthquakes, people leaving the faith, people hating each other, false prophets, sin increasing, love growing cold. All of that is already happening. But it says it's not the end yet. There's more bad things to happen. And it is to alert us that it's time for us to be revived in Christ, to come alive in Christ. And there's an urgency that Jesus is returning. Write this down. Don't panic, but prepare. Don't panic, but prepare. Verse 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So for the longest time I thought all these bad things are happening. It's the final countdown. Anybody know that song? Any 80s kids, 90s kids? I thought that's the final countdown. This is it. But check what Jesus is saying. Gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. And then the end will come. So spoiler alert, we win. In the end, we win. We know the end of the story. So we don't need to panic. We don't need to freak out because we're on the winning side. We need to, we need to be secure in who Christ called us to be. And that's victorious. We are victorious because He is victorious. 
And it's actually a good sign because even though a lot of bad things are happening, the, all these signs are happening, the good news of the gospel of Jesus will be preached all over the world. And then the end will come. In other words, there's a radical revival that occurs before the return of Jesus. And the end times, talking about end times, I don't like talking about end times, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to be something that you dread. You don't have to be afraid of that because the end times that we're living in is a time of hope. It's a time of advancement. It's a time of victory because the light of Christ shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot put it out. Amen? Come on, give a clap to Jesus. His light shines and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Verse 18. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. There's an urgency. For there will be greater anguish than at any, than any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. So this tells me that Christians will be in this. When this is happening, Christians will be there. I don't think this is talking about the tribulation but all of these events that is happening Christians are present and if you look at verse 23 onwards this is this is really something that we need to take seriously verse 23 if anyone tells you look here's the messiah or there he is don't believe it for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. In other words, there's going to be demonic miracles, demonic wonders happening. you got to be alert. See, even I have warned you about this ahead of time, says Jesus. Verse 26. So if someone tells you, look, Messiah is out in the desert. Don't bother going and looking. Oh, he's hiding here. Don't believe it. Verse 27. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man, in other words, Jesus, when he comes back, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Verse 29. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the man of the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And He will send out His angels with the mighty blast of trumpet. And they will gather His chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends to the earth and heaven. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know His return is very near, right at the door. Heaven and earth will disappear, verse 35. But my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or, son, or the Son Himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings. Right up to the time Noah entered the boat, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. So it's already happened. We can learn from Noah's time. People are busy living their best life and, and starting businesses and getting married and birthday parties. And these are not bad things, but they are forgetting that Jesus is returning. 
And so they're busy doing all these things. And then suddenly, in Noah's time, the rain came. Suddenly. And it was too late. And the same thing is happening right now. When you talk to people about God or church, they're like, YOLO, I only got one life to live. I got to live it up. But suddenly, Jesus will appear. So this is why we must live prepared. We got to be ready for the return of Jesus. Verse 40 onwards talks about two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, one left behind. So you must keep watch for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Verse 44, you must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. So how do we prepare for Jesus' return? Jesus addresses that in verse 45 and 46. A faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. So as Christians, what are we supposed to be doing? Stop hiding under a rock and share Jesus. Stop hiding and share Jesus. You and I are called to reach people that are far away from God. You and I are called to share the love of Jesus to the unchurched and the de-churched. We are called to share about Jesus wherever we go. In the personality that God has given us. You got to take a risk. You got to start a conversation. And if you don't know what conversation to start, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me something to start a conversation. And you got to take a risk and, and go for it. And the Holy Spirit will speak through you. Holy Spirit will move their hearts through you. Because friends don't let friends go to hell. Families don't let families go to hell. We got to impact our local community so that we can change the world. Two simple steps. Number one, share your story. Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you go to church? What did Jesus do for you? Share your story. Second simple step is invite them to church. Don't overanalyze. Tell them, come to church with me. Because when Jesus comes, when you meet the Lord Jesus face to face, you cannot stand there and be like, oh, you know, I was busy. You cannot say any excuses. And many of us have legit excuses. I want Jesus to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with what I gave you. God has given you opportunities. God has given you relationship. God has given you resources. What are you doing with it? Maybe you might say, I have no money. You have time. Or you might say, I don't know what to do. You're young. You can learn. Or you're old. You're wise. Whatever stage or phase of life you're in, you have something to offer. Can I get an amen? You are precious in God's eye. You are the apple of God's eye. And He wants to use you. He wants to move through you despite your excuses. Last week we talked about Paul. He could have said, Lord, it's raining. It's cold. My ship just busted. I am in a bad shape. But he started to add logs to the fire. God wants you to add logs. God wants you to keep the fire going. God touched you. You had an encounter with God. Keep going. Because my Savior, my King, my Lord is returning. And I want Him to be pleased with me. And I want you to be pleased by God. We got to be sharing about Jesus any way possible. And this is not the time to get negative and be like, it is what it is. This is the way of the world. It's, everything's going downhill. Everything's going to get worse. And get into this negative mentality and this hopeless mentality. Man, I don't like negative Christians. Do you? I'm like, I'd rather talk to my dog. 
because they're so depressing. I'm like, what's the, this is not the time. Has to go down this way. No. Jesus said the gospel has to be preached to the ends of the earth and then the will come. So we got to be working hard, reaching people. Not spectating, not being paralyzed by fear, not hiding and waiting for Jesus to send us an Uber to pick us up. No. We got to be actively loving our neighbors. Take someone out for lunch. And just share why you believe in Jesus. I took my best friend out. I saw my best friend a few years ago. I saw him after like 20 years. And I'm like, my best friend doesn't know my story. So he came to town. I took him out. And it was weird and awkward. But I'm like, I got to tell him. And I told him my story. I didn't try to like baptize him and like make him fall in the spirit. And like, no, I'm just like, hey, Jesus did something for me. And you might think I'm an expert at sharing. No, it's awkward for me too. Because everybody's different. Not everybody's one. And he, he had this big other religious person's picture on his t-shirt. So that was extra challenging. Because like I'm trying to talk about Jesus. And then he's wearing this other idol on his shirt. I'm like, that's really Lord. Holy Spirit, help me. But you know what? I sowed a seed. And I hope he comes to Jesus. And there's no point me being his best friend. And not sharing the person that saved my soul. Friends don't let friends go to hell. You share the gospel the way God created you with your unique personality. So we got to be working hard, reaching people for Jesus. What we do in the church, yes, it's challenging, but outside the church is our, our mission field. You don't have to go to a, to a faraway country to be a missionary. You're a missionary on your street. People on your contact list, you're a missionary for them. So we got to be moving forward despite the fear, despite the pain, de despite the disappointment. And love humbly one another. Serve humbly one another. Passionately reach those that don't know Jesus. Because we must be about our Father's business. Amen? And we could be the very generation that sees the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so use that truth as motivation to live your life every day. Use that as, as passion to, to take that next step and overcome the fear because Jesus is coming back. And we got work to do. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Live with that awareness that he can return anytime. And I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. I don't have time to analyze what's wrong with my life. I got a work to do, an important work to do for the Lord. There's a dying world out there. There are people that are dying and not knowing Jesus. That's the worst thing. Like we hurt when somebody knows Jesus and, and graduates to heaven. But those that don't know Jesus. But God has chosen you. God has appointed you. God has called you. God has placed you specifically with a circle of influence that only you can reach to bring them closer to Jesus. So despite our pain, Despite our weakness, despite our problems, despite the sufferings that you and I face every day, you and I have the answer. And we cannot keep that answer hidden. And the answer is Jesus. You and I have the power to change somebody's eternal address. So together we have a mission to accomplish. And, and I wish I could just do a series on, on what I'm talking about right now. 
maybe in the new year. But the harvest is full. And we don't have time to waste because the King of Kings is coming. And I want my friends and my family, even my church members to come with me to heaven. Amen. So live with that revival fire every day. Put log, put logs on your fire every day. Jesus did warn us that we would go through difficult times. But he never said that in the last days the gospel would lose its power. God still does miracles. Amen. God still does wonders. God still breaks chains. God still breaks addictions. God still restores families. God still brings suitable life partners. God still will help you raise children. Preach the gospel. This is why you were born for. Even planting this church is a, was a big journey. But then there, was, they, there came a moment where we couldn't shake off this holy passion. And we woke up in the morning feeling like this is what we were born to do. Share the love of Jesus. Preach the gospel. This is what we're born to do. If we don't do this, if we don't launch this church, that we failed in life. No matter what we've accomplished. In that same way, we, you, I want to encourage you. You've got to have that same passion. That if you don't share the love of Jesus, then we've missed the whole point. Every day God wants to use you as his vessel to expand the kingdom. Not to hide under a rock and wait for the, for the sky to fall down. But to roll up your sleeves and get to work for Jesus. To walk in authority that Jesus gave you. And when there's weird things happening, you take authority. When that book is falling off the shelf, when the chair is moving, and when fear comes at night, when there's that paralyzing feeling comes at night, you take authority in Jesus' name. You arrest it, you rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because the same power that the Lord has given us, He has given to you as well. God has called you. So when things look bad, we need to realize that God is stirring us up for revival. He's stirring us up to stand up, to rise up, to awaken, to take authority, to have dominion. The very thing that He told Adam and Eve. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to stop talking negative. How many of you talk negative to yourself? Let's embarrass each other right now. But this week, in my, I, 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 I complain to God. I'm like, God, why do you ask me to do difficult things? Or talk to difficult people? And all of a sudden, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just steering my way of speaking. I'm like, no, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. I'm not a failure. I'm not a mess up. But God has called me. God has appointed me. This is my time to go as a vessel for Christ. Next time you have a negative thought, just arrest it in Jesus' name and cast it out. Because it's not coming from the Lord. And if it's not coming from the Lord, then it's not true. It's a lie. Don't talk down to yourself. Because God doesn't talk down to you. God doesn't make mess ups. God doesn't create screw ups. You are called. You are anointed. You are appointed. You are knit together in your mother's womb. You are not a mistake. So it's time for us to wake up and to carry the light and to take the glory of God to the nations. Write this down. Pack the baby bag before the water breaks. Pack the baby bag before the water breaks. All the single people are like, what? What? What bag? The water bag. Pack the baby bag before the water bag breaks. Maybe I sh we should have worded it that way. 
When we were having our first child, my wife's water broke. Not mine, hers. So I did what a responsible husband would do. I went and Googled what to do when your wife's water breaks. And then the second thing I did was the next reasonable thing a husband should do is then I went on YouTube to look at tutorials what to do when the wife's water breaks. <laughs> my wife kept saying, you got to pack the baby bag. I'm like, we don't have time right now because I was secretly planning her baby shower. So I'm like, in December, are we going to have the baby shower secretly? So I was planning with her cousins because Zach is arriving, according to the doctor, in February the following year. So I'm like, there's like, that's like three months in my calendar. So let's just, in my mind, let's get through this busy time and it's Christmas and baby shower. Do all of that and then get the baby bag ready later. And then she's like, we got to fix the crib, the baby crib. I'm like, I'll get to it. There's so much time. I thought there was so much time. And I was so busy planning the surprise and all of this stuff. I thought I could, you know, do it after the busyness. But the February baby arrived in December. Like, ruined all my plans. Even his own baby shower. Like, the baby was here before the planned baby shower. <laughs> like that, we have legit excuses to procrastinate. I'll get right with God tomorrow. Let me just do my thing today. But the truth is, the harsh reality is we may not have tomorrow. Many excuses. We're staying busy. It's raining. I can't do this right now in my life. It's cold. I can't. I'm shipwrecked. We have so many legit excuses. Luke 12, 40 says, so keep being alert and ready at all times. For I promise you that the Son of Man, Jesus, will surprise you and appear when you don't expect Him. So you're busy doing surprise and living your life, but Jesus will return as a surprise. And I don't want any of us to be left behind. In a twinkle of an eye, He will take us. The rapture, not the Toronto Raptors, the rapture will happen at, in the blink of an eye. Write this down. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Maybe you're not rushing out the door to, to have a baby. But maybe you need to get prepared now emotionally so that when God brings your suitable life partner, you're ready. Maybe you need to get your finances ready so that when opportunities arise, you can make the move. You can make that investment. You can be a blessing. You can be generous. You can go above and beyond if you're ready now. Maybe you need to go and have that difficult conversation with a loved one, someone that you haven't talked to in a long time because they may not be here tomorrow. Get your stuff in order. So you don't miss out. Or when Jesus shows up, that you're not left behind. Be ready. This is your time. Let go of the excuses. The time is now. And Jesus is calling you. There's no guarantee. The only guarantee we have is when we trust our soul to Jesus, that we can be saved. And in a few minutes, we're going to go into communion. 
But I want us to pray and make a decision. Either we're in this for life, either we're in it for good. There's no time to dabble around. There's no time to play at ankle deep. God is calling us, us out to be submerged in Him, to be sold out for Christ. And I'm not talking about being crazy and holding a, a sign on the street and screaming. No, I'm talking about living intentionally to bring others closer to Jesus. That's what we are called to do, every single one of us. So let's pray together. Let's stand right now. And I want to ask, I want to pray for a new boldness to share the gospel, to see souls saved, passion, and for us to live in repentance. Yeah, all eyes closed. Let's put our hand on our hearts. Father, we come before you. We're not perfect, but we ask God that you would give us a sensitive heart. God, break our hard hearts. Help us, God, to live with the awareness that you are returning. God, we don't have time to fool around and joke around and do foolishness. But God, there are, there's a harvest to be brought in. And God, we realize that every single one have a part to play. So God, forgive us for making excuses and delaying and procrastinating in doing the things that we clearly know that we need to do for you and in this world because the end will come once the gospel is preached. God, we thank you that we get to be part of the winning team. Help us not to take it for granted, but help us to work hard so that more souls can be added to heaven when our time comes. So stir our hearts, Lord. God, highlight somebody every day that we can invite to church or somebody that we can serve to be your hands and feet, to serve and love them. Help us to be different and not go with the flow. Help us to resist the enemy. Help us to walk upright with our God. Thank you, Jesus. As we are standing... I also want to give you an invitation, all eyes closed. If you walked away from Jesus, you know all of this, but you have allowed distractions to come into your life and you're not serving God or you're not close to God or you've made excuses to be away from God and you want to come back home, either for the first time or for the thousandth time. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity on the count of three to put your hand up. Jesus died for your sins. He shed his blood so that you can be forgiven. He paid the penalty that you could not pay. And he lived the life that you could not live. And you can be saved today from going to hell. If you would place your trust in Jesus and give him your soul. And the way we do that is through a simple prayer that I will lead you in. But before I pray, I need to know who I'm praying for. All eyes closed on the count of three. I want you to put your hand up if that's you. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you want to rededicate your life to Christ on the count of three, put your hand up. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. And we're the family of God. We cry together. 
we laugh together and we together, we laugh together and we work hard together. So as a church, we're going to pray together from our hearts. Church, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I believe you are God, that you died for my sins and that you rose again on the third day, conquering, come on, death, hell, and the grave. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Revive me. I am yours. Lead me. Guide me. Help me to overcome excuses. Help me to overcome procrastination. Help me work hard for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give a clap to Jesus? There's a party up in heaven right now. Hallelujah. We're going to transition into communion in uh, just a moment. But I want to tell you, if you made that decision, and if you want to go deeper in God and get rooted and planted, please uh, see us after church at the Next Steps banner. And we will love to tell you more how to get more plugged into church. And church is better because of you. Church is better because you are here. And we're so honored that you've chosen to be with us and to worship with us. And before we move into communion, um, I just want to say that I'm privileged to be here with you building the house of God. Whether COVID or not, it doesn't matter. We're advancing the kingdom of God and we're not stopping. We're not shrinking. But we're going to go boldly together. Amen? Amen. Let's give a clap to Jesus as we transition into communion. <laughs>